You now are listening to the audio podcast of Prisoners of Hope, the antidote to what ails your heart. I'm your host, Dr. Deborah Witsis. So come on in, pull up a chair, and open up your mind as you get ready to receive the download that hope will bring. Well, good day. It's Dr. D. And today we're going to talk about something I personally have witnessed throughout the trials and tribulations of my life. We're going to talk about the journey of surrendering. What does it mean to surrender? In the rural context, it means justice. Just give it up. <laughs> On the YouTube channel, Geff came up with a pig that's face down, and he's got a white surrender flag, and it says, I give up. According to thesaurus.com, in a spiritual context, surrender also means to give up, but it means to give up everything that's no longer any use to you. Spiritual surrender also means to stop struggling against what is, to let go of the smallness of your challenges, your life, and fully embrace the totality of God's grace. The precursor to surrender is humility, letting go of control. You have to move away from yourself and let go of the control that you think you have. One of my favorite songs is Control by Janet Jackson. I really love that song. She says, now that I'm all grown up, I have control. No, you don't. <laughs> we just think we do. So the precursor of surrender is to have humility and let go of that perceived control. What are you letting go? Well, you're letting go of your intellect. You're letting go of your pride, <laughs> your power positions that you think you have, your plans. That's a hard one for me. Is it for you to let go of the plans that you had? What does the verse say? Man plans, God laughs. It goes something like that. I don't know if it's in the Bible or that's colloquial terms. But we have plans. But God has a destiny for us. And to let go of your own understanding. Matter of fact, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Precursor, trust in him with all of your heart and lean not on to your own understanding. Humility. In all your ways, submit to him. Humility. And he will make your path straight. Surrendering God means letting go of all the plans you have, letting go and letting God have his way in every aspect of your life, allowing him to guide your steps. What does it say? Your light 
is a lamp unto my feet. I don't think I got that passage exactly right, but you don't have to have it exactly right. You know what the Bible says. It says that if you follow me, I will light your path and your feet will not stumble. Allow him to guide your steps and direct your decisions. This means we surrender our will, humility, for his perfect will and follow God. Hopefully you know that God will not do what you're supposed to do. And you can't do what's God's portion to do for your plan, for your destiny that God has for you. So what can you control? According to scriptures, you can control two things. You can control your attitude. The youngins say you can control your dude. Change your dude, you can change your life. You can also control your actions. And under actions also comes your words. We'll be talking about the book of the tongue. I call James the book of the tongue. We'll talk about that in a minute. So you can control your attitude and you can control your actions. God's words instructs us to control ourselves. As a matter of fact, self-control is one of the fruits of the spirits. Consider what his word specifically commands you to do with what we can control. First of all, you got to take responsibility of what you can control. You can control your speech. Oh, there it goes, your speech. <laughs> Ephesians 4, 28 to 29 says, let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth. That's a hard one. <laughs> A lot of time I'm in the middle of the unwholesomeness before I realize what my mouth has led me into. But only such a word that is good for the edification according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear it. So basically what it's saying is don't be talking Debbie down to people. Say words that are uplifting to people, uplifting and are have discernment for the situation that you're in. Sometimes we don't need to say certain things. The right words at the wrong time can hurt people. You have to be careful. You want to say the right words at the right time. The right words at the wrong time can also confuse people. So you have to go to God in what to say sometimes. Sometimes before we speak, we need to pray. <laughs> Ask the Holy Spirit. Should I say that? <laughs> okay. You can also control your responses. This is the book of the tongue I call James. James 1.19 tells us to be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. You know, God gave us two ears and one mouth. Maybe he was trying to tell us something. Some of us go around with two mouths and a half a ear. <laughs> okay. I, I have to also learn active listening because uh, I'm so excited. I want to talk about what I know. And sometimes you need to slow down and have discernment in when to speak. You can also control your thought life. 
I have a previous um, podcast talk. It says, I think it's titled Your Thoughts. And it talks about, think about what you're thinking about. But Philippians 4, 8 through 9 (laughs) instructs us to focus on whatever is pure, right and lovely and of great repute. Whatever is good, focus on those things. The rest of the control list is on God's side of the equation. So we can control our speech, our responses, and our thoughts. The rest of it is up to God. We need to surrender to God all that we can't control. God is in control, for example, of our destiny. We can't control our destiny. We might make plans, but destiny is more than just your plans. Daniel 5.23 says that God gives us the breath of life and he controls our destiny. So we ought to feel a huge sense of relief. <laughs> this it, it frees me because it the Bible says that he controls our destiny in Daniel 5:23 even if you don't know what you're supposed to do god won't leave you there god won't leave you in confusion he's not the god of confusion if you're in confusion that's his adversary god is not the god of confusion God would push you into your divine destiny because, see, we were all made for a purpose. We're all all our names are written in the book of life. It is your choice whether you want to fulfill your destiny, your purpose that you were put here for. God knows how to get you to where you're you're supposed to be, even if you're kicking and screaming. He knows exactly what trials and tribulations to help you through as you proceed to where you're supposed to be. Proverbs 20, 24 says, it is the Lord who directs your life. Wow, that's real freeing. For each step you take is ordained by God to bring you closer to your destiny. Isn't that deep? Each step you take is ordained by God to bring you closer to your destiny. So what this means, so much of your life then remains a mystery to you. I remember thinking to the Holy Spirit, when will my path be clear? Because I was going through, you know, when you have a pity party and it's the invitation, pity party for one, no one else invited Don't interrupt me. I'm in the middle of pity. I was taking a hike. I do a lot of hiking because Colorado is so beautiful. It is beautiful here. And I do a lot of hiking. And I remember walking this winding path. It was the first time I had been on that path. So I couldn't see uh, where it was. I knew it was a circle, but I couldn't see the various characteristics of the circle I was walking. And I remember the Holy Spirit saying to me in my voice, silly rabbit, don't you know tricks are for kids? And you have to understand, I am an industrial psychologist. 
And uh, my first job was in the marketing business. So a lot of things I relate to old ad campaigns. And Trix was a cereal, still a cereal. And I think now the slogan is uh, kid, kid liked, mother approved, something like that. But back in the day, there was a rabbit running around and he did all kinds of gyrations to get these tricks. And the lead line are, <laughs> the line was, silly rabbit, don't you know tricks are for kids? Silly rabbit, don't you know you have to trust in me? If you're going to follow God, you have to be ready for things you did not plan. I'll say that again. If you're going to follow God, your life is going to be a mystery to you until he reveals your path. Another one. God is in control regardless of how fearful the situation looks. <laughs> you know, the media trades on fear. They love fear. Let me, let me give you a little tour. In 1957, the Asian flu killed 1.1 million people worldwide, including over 100,000 people in America. And the Hong Kong flu in 1968 killed a million people worldwide. And 100,000 of those people were Americans. Some of us are old enough to remember the Cuban Missile Crisis, which brought America to the brink of nuclear war with the Soviet Union right off the coast of Florida. Cuba's not far off the coast of Florida. More recently, COVID, and I looked this up, as of May 15th, because it's when 19, I'm sorry, 19, 2023, I looked up how many people worldwide have died from COVID. 6,874,092 people as of May the 15th, 2023, have died from the coronavirus outbreaks. In America, it's been 1,162,698 people that were Americans have died from COVID. There's rumors of war. <laughs> Revelation says that. By the way, it's the only book that says if you read, you will be blessed. Check it out. Says there will be wars and rumors of wars. You know, it, 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 certain leaders are throwing around the word nuclear war and everybody's getting all freaked out. Each of these examples throughout history can make you have deep fear and anxiety and almost everybody everybody can be very anxious where can you look for your help in such times in the face of the most terrifying calamity that you can imagine well the psalmist was confident that god was ultimately in control of the world matter of fact psalms 46 1 through 3 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very pleasant help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear through the earth, though the earth gives away, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though the waters roar and foam, though the mountains trembled 
at the swelling. That sounds pretty dark. (laughs) The second half of that, but it says, don't fear. God is in control. God is in control of your personal provisions. Because I was talking about the worldly events in the one before, but God is, he's in control of your personal provisions. Philippians 4.19 says, and my God will meet all my needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And Jesus said in Matthew 6.25 through 26, that our heavenly father provides food for the birds of the air and clothes the lilies of the field. So he's capable of providing for your needs. Luke 12, 7 says, even the hairs on your head are numbered. Do not fear. You are you more, aren't you more valuable than many pharaohs? My auntie was an opera singer and I'm not a singer, but this is something that I sing. So forgive my pitch. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. The Lord's eye is on the sparrow. For I know he watches me. So what's your song? Have a song for your heart. I sing that over and over and over again, especially when I feel that things are out of control personally for my provision. Remember, Luke 12 says he's numbered every hair in our on our head. Matthew 6, 25 to 26 says he closed the lilies of the field. Philippians 4.19 says that he will provide for you. God is in control even when it looks like we've messed things up. (laughs) Oh my good, I'm good at this one. Psalm 37.23-24 assures that if the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. Though you may stumble, he will not let you fall. For the Lord will uphold you with his righteous right hand. There's that stumbling. He's not going to let you fall. He's not going to let you stumble. You're human. You're going to mess up. Get up. Look up. Brush yourself off. And keep going. Because God got you. He's got your footing. God is in control of our safety and protection. Um, my sister, after my mother died, we were sharing stories. And my sister said, um, you know, there was a time when I was driving home from work. She was a nurse. And living in California, in San Bernardino, if you know anything about San Bernardino area, it's in a valley and a lot of fog gets in there. I mean, you might not have fog and then all of a sudden you have fog. And so she was driving the Crosstown Freeway at that time. And she said there was a woman and a little girl on the side of the road with their car hood up. And in California, you don't stop for people. You In Phoenix, everybody stops because <laughs> you could die in the sun, the elements. But in California, you don't stop. And so she 
she stopped and um, she said she was talking to the woman. Woman didn't have really much to say. And she said the little girl had no expression. She didn't change her expression. She just stared straight ahead. And she said she asked the woman, do you need help? And the woman said, no, it is you that needs the help. And my my sister thought, ooh, this is a crazy woman. (laughs) And she said she spoke with the woman and the woman didn't speak much. She just reassured him, Donna, my sister Donna, that's her name, that she was there for her safety and protection. She said, okay. And she she told my sister, just get in the car and I'll make sure you get home safe. And my sister said, okay. So she got in the car. On that stretch of freeway, you can see behind you. And there was no cars coming. It was just her and, and the little girl and my sister. So she saw the headlights. And when she went up the road, just a little bit, there was a 10 car, excuse me if it was 15 car, my sister will correct me when she hears this later, <laughs> pile up where people had died because of the fog. So my sister was delayed long enough not to be in that. And so once the cops kind of, you know, directed them past this freeway incident, She said there was no other cars coming and the lady, all of a sudden, the car lights disappeared. Now, isn't that amazing? I know you have your stories. We think that was an angel that was sent for her safety and protection. I'm sure you have your stories. Isn't that amazing? My Lord, Psalm 121, the 23 says, my help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you and he who keeps you will not slumber, which means God doesn't have to take a vacation. He's always watching over you. So he's in control of where we're going, our destiny. He's in control regardless of any crazy flu outbreak, COVID, 45, whatever we get. He's control in control of it. It's not a surprise to him. He's control of our personal provision. He knows the hair, every hair on your head. He dresses the lilies. He's in control even when we mess up, even when we tumble, he'll pick us up. He won't let us stay there. And he's control of our personal safety and protection. How can I practice surrendering to God? Well, I'm glad you asked. First, let go of judgment. You know, it's easy to fall into a pattern of judgment of ourselves, especially ourselves and others. Just let that go. Number two. Be mindfully aware of the present. When our thoughts are living in the future or in the path, we're not surrendering. Remember that Bible verse that said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. So basically saying, be here now. The Lord is here in the present with you. Number three, physically relax, get your rest, watch your breathing. You know, when you're going through a period where you realize you have to surrender, a lot of times it's very stressful and our breathing becomes very erratic. So just be aware of your breathing. 
Take deep breaths in and out. Number four, repent. Repent for what, you say? Repent because you doubted God's power. Ask him to forgive you of your stubbornness. Here's a prayer that I say to God when I'm in this time of surrender and repenting for doubting him. I say, I doubted your power because I thought I could do it myself on my own. But I was wrong. I need you now and always, but I was just too stubborn to admit it. Please forgive me, Father. That's a good prayer that you can adopt. Number five is visualization. Visualize handing it all, handing it all over to God. Hand it all over to God. What's the all? The all. Your will, your positions, your reasoning. Your plans, bring it into the throne room and place it on the altar. Visualize doing that. If you go through these five steps, you will find out that it heals your heart. You feel much better in the end. Why does surrender, why is it so powerful? Seems kind of paradoxical. Giving up to gain power? Well, it is very powerful because... You give up the notion that you should be able to or even resolve the situation. If you're on the YouTube channel, you will see our cartoon that came up. It has a, a man on one side of the desk. He looks like he's a boss. He's older. A younger woman on another side of the desk. And in between them is a computer. And the manager, he's speaking. He said, I decided to micro-praise instead of micromanage. Everything you've done in the last 30 seconds is outstanding. (laughs) A little joke. He realizes that micromanaging does not work. It doesn't work in your life either. Give up the belief that you know anything that can help. Give up the belief that you can solve the problem. And give up the repetitive thoughts that make you want to make reality different than what it is. Give up your repetitive thinking that things will be different if you just think through it. I remember when my mother passed, I engaged in a lot of repetitive thinking. But in the interim, And in the end, it didn't change the reality that my mother was gone. So repetitive thinking will get you nowhere. When you come to the end of your rope, to end of yourself, surrender. This kind of irritates me. Because why do I have to get to the point? Why am I so stubborn? (laughs) What is it like, Paul? Why do I do what's wrong when I know when I want to do what's right? This is a human condition because it's sin. Why do I have to wait to the end of my rope? Why am am I so stubborn? I think that I can do it all. But don't we all tend to wait till we get to the end of ourselves, And then we get on our knees and we surrender. When you surrender, you gain power by giving it to God. In the beginning, I kind of suggested that I really have personal experience with surrendering 
to the Holy Spirit. I wrote a book which is on Amazon. It's called The Accidents. If you're on the YouTube channel, a picture of the cover came up. A journey of surrendering to the Holy Spirit. The word journey suggests that it's not one and done. It's something that you have to repetitively do every day. This journey takes you through three horrific accidents. When you read it, you go, gosh, this woman is stubborn. (laughs) I would have given up the first accident. But it took three horrific accidents for me to discover who my Savior, my Master, my Redeemer is. But remember, I'm not I'm not going to judge myself. It's just my journey. What's yours? Remember, you gain power by giving it all to God. Well, God bless. Hopefully this will give you hope for your journey. Until next time, signing off, Dr. D. My hope is that this journey has been fruitful and you're able to take it and apply it to your life. Until next time, tune in again for the Prisoners of Hope podcast. God bless.